Hello, lovelies. Welcome to episode 14. I am so charged up and excited after our Christmas party. It was so amazing to see all of you work your way through the ebook and find so many breakthroughs and just ways that you can position yourself to have a peaceful and joyous Christmas focused on our Savior. So it's been my delight to walk beside you as you um, have all those insights. And um, I know that many of you would like to have a reset in your marriage. Um, that's what my pastor's message was about um, at church this week was about um, seeking a hard reset, like a master reset from Jesus and um, just kind of going back to factory settings. Like why did God make us in the first place? So I found that really inspiring for this time of year. And in that spirit, I want to let you know I'm offering a workshop um, starting on January 7th. And it goes through all of the intimacy skills that I teach in detail um, over eight weeks with scripture and community and questions and homework and my own stories of how I made my marriage amazing using these skills. And it is available for only $87 if you pay for it before the new year. So by the end of the day on December 31st. Um, so I am really excited to offer that. I would love to have a really um, lovely big group of women in that so that we can all support each other. I'm going to create a special Facebook group just for the workshop and a devotional workbook to go along with it. So I am really having fun with all that and planning all of that. And I would love to see you there. I'll put the link to sign up in the show notes. If you're a born again Christian wife and you want to experience joy and abundant life while being a respectful wife, this is your show. My name is Lucy Martin and I'm a licensed therapist in the state of Maine. And I'm also a certified relationship coach I have the marriage of my dreams and I want that for you too. This is the show that's going to help you get there no matter how far gone things are right now. This is about inspiration and how magnetic biblical womanhood can really be. And it's also full of tons of super practical action steps you can take today. So let's dive in and see what God has for us. The following is a masterclass I gave inside Facebook group, Easy Biblical Marriage. If you're not in there, get in there. It is full of incredible amounts of valuable content to help you transform your marriage today. Um, and I had been asked to talk about what to do when your husband doesn't seem to care about your emotions. So that's what I'm talking about on this masterclass. If you're in my group and you are in the masterclass, then you have already heard this. So you can skip right over it. Um, or you can listen again with a notebook and write some things down. Um, either way, I'm excited to share this with you. I teach masterclasses just like this every single Thursday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern in my Facebook group, Easy Biblical Marriage. So I would love to see you there.
So um, I just wanted to preface for those of you who are new to the intimacy skills, um, whether you're here watching now or you're watching the replay, um, they're often misunderstood. So one of the biggest misunderstandings I see is whenever um, wives say it's not working or like I tried the intimacy skills and um, it wasn't working. And whenever I hear that, I, um, I, I want to clarify that um, the intimacy skills are for you. And what's really interesting about it is the more that you really deeply let them be for you, the more they will transform your relationships. So I think that that's kind of, I think a lot of women, myself included, very much, I'm like the first to raise my hand on this is like, I came to this looking to change my husband. Um, and, and, you know, um, there's like, it is powerful for that, but it's powerful for that when it changes you and it, when it changes you deeply, not as a manipulation, but as like really letting God change you. And, um, because these, even though Laura Doyle is a secular teacher, the intimacy skills are a distillation of what she learned about happy marriages. Um, and we know that God is the author of every happy marriage. So God is the author of every peaceful relationship. <laughs> and so um, like this is God's wisdom. So there isn't anything that's like not working <laughs> about, um, God's wisdom, like to really take it in and look at it that way is where you kind of can allow yourself to be changed by it, like changed by gratitude and vulnerability. So I really just invite you to listen today, um, with that attitude, like with the attitude of like, what does God have for me here? Like, what is God trying to say? Um, I don't think that he has any of us here by accident. I think he very much wants us here. And like, we're responding to his call when we're here. I know that's very much um, why I'm here. And so I really just invite you to um, take it in that way. Um, like, what does God have for me? Rather than like, how is this going to give me success in changing my husband? <laughs> Um, which of course, like is very, very human and relatable. And I completely started there too. Um, I've just seen again and again, that that's really where the transformation lies is when we, um, when we surrender to like wisdom changing our, our heart is like when, to me, if I hear somebody say it's not working, I'm like, yep, it's not working because it's, it's for you. <laughs> um, and it's going to be working when it works in you. So, um, yeah, that's my, that's my invitation that your piece is the yardstick is something, um, I said to someone that I like, <laughs> like, so I, um, I really like, you know, it changes your heart and you, you know, you're doing something right when you start to look at life, um, with a little bit more graceful and generous eyes then you know that it's working that's how i know it's working and um that i'm on track <clears throat>
So they're about, you know, finding this contentment and peace that can't be shaken no matter how your husband shows up. Um, and I wanted to start us out with this verse. Um, I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. That is why my paid program is called the Contentment Circle. So, and that's Philippians, sorry, that's Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 through 13. So let's dive right into the topic of why it is a common experience for wives to feel that their husbands don't care about their emotions. You long for him to see you and get you. And when you don't get that from him, you start to feel like you're emotionally starving, like you aren't getting a crucial nutrient that your like body physically needs. Um, it feels like this when my husband will, you know, talk for hours about his interests, right? Like his podcasts and things. And then if I, um, maybe, you know, or fixing the house. And then if I tell him something that like really impacted my heart during the day, you know, maybe he'll change the subject like back to his interests and kind of brush off what I was saying. And, um, it hurts. Like, it's just, um, you want him to care about you and like maybe when you lost someone close to you you want your husband to like just know how much pain you're in and what to do to help you feel better and when he doesn't do that it hurts and he like it doesn't he doesn't seem to care and I know exactly what this is like and it was getting worse and worse um and this is in my current marriage my husband is from northern Maine and his family are all kind of tough farmer types not um, necessarily big talkers um, and certainly don't talk about feelings they actually when my husband recovered from five years of life-threatening drug abuse when he was younger his family never said anything like when he got better <laughs> uh, literally they literally never said anything about it um so that's like how uh, they're just like, they're not big talkers about that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and so I was very convinced that like, you know, you can't get blood out of a turnip or whatever. And I, I was just never going to get that out of him. But now I know I can go to him with like absolutely anything and he will drop what he's doing, treat me like I'm the most important thing in the world. He will wrap his arms around me, which is the most comforting feeling I've ever known. So what changed? If I had to pick just one answer, it would be, I'm like almost on a quiz, you guys, that I've been around. Um, <laughs> it would be respect. Um, even imperfect steps toward restoring respect, like you don't have to restore respect perfectly for it to start to bring back the feeling of there being like a warm glow of emotional safety in your relationship. Whereas when he's not feeling respected, he's living his entire marriage on the defensive 
and he feels like he's suffocating and fighting to survive, it leaves no room for him to be there for you. <clears throat> so how do you restore respect? And just quickly, because I know some of you guys are already pretty familiar with this, um, but at my house, it started by expressing a lot of trust in his ability to guide our family in the right direction. That meant if the cell phone plan needed revising, just today he dealt with the homeowner's insurance, I stay completely out of it and let him make all the decisions. Um, and if he asks me what to do about something, maybe he wants me to take it over, I still just refer him back to his own thinking with complete trust and say whatever you think. So in that way, I'm showing him how deeply I trust and respect him on a consistent basis over time. I know that when I first started, he was definitely like, okay, something weird's going on with Lucy again. <laughs> and what kick is she on now? So it definitely didn't make a difference right away because he, well, it did and it didn't. It didn't make a difference right away. And I think he was enjoying it, but he was also kind of like, um, let's see if this like is actually the new normal or not and I like remember the moment when he really started to trust that respect had been restored um, because he told me I was exceptional <clears throat> um, like he said among wives like you are exceptional and he was like recognizing that I um, was respectful in a way that's not normal in our culture. Um, and so, but it took a while for him to really, really trust it. Um, and respect is also reflected by staying in my lane. This is one of the most important and life-changing concepts that I learned from my marriage mentor, Laura Doyle. She calls it staying on your own paper. And it really is, a respect issue because um, it's so normal again to um, just kind of mind your husband's business, give him like helpful suggestions, um, which is that I now see was disrespectful. And again, it's just like so incredibly normal. When I'm emotionally hurting, for me, it was always a lot easier to look over at what he was or was not doing and how he was showing up than it was to check in with myself and ask myself what I need. And so for that, I like to actually, like lately I've actually been putting my hand on my chest and like checking in with myself, especially if I'm in pain to like really like give myself that um, contact and just ask, I like to ask myself, how do I feel and what do I want? And I might come up with, a desire I can express to him like I'd love to go lay down and feeling really sad about what happened with Grace today. <clears throat> Grace is my 18 year old. I'm not saying nothing happened with her today. Actually, it's just as an example, like because we've gone through a lot of different seasons as she's progressed through her teenage years. Um, which brings me to vulnerability. So, which brings me to vulnerability. I show my emotions and simply say, I feel so sad about what happened with Grace today. The thing about being that simple and vulnerable is straight up, guys, it feels bad. 
It doesn't feel good. It's scary. It feels like um like exposing yourself to emotional harm. And that's because it's that's literally the definition of vulnerability. It's if you feel like you're gonna like throw up, then you're doing vulnerability right. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> um, like it, it's so I just want you guys to know like it feels like you're doing something wrong. Your body will tell you, don't do that, run away from that and pay more attention to like what he is or is not doing. Don't pay attention to the fact that you feel this vulnerable. Like it's just, we normally avoid it at all costs is what I'm trying to say. And we've also been conditioned by our culture that vulnerability is weakness, but it's actually strength. We can only be intimate in our relationships to the extent that we're willing to be vulnerable. And it is always connecting, but it only creates that connection when it's real vulnerability, which real vulnerability, you'll know you found it and it feels bad. <laughs> like it doesn't feel good. So I think that that's where um, I think a lot of us, I know for myself, when I was thinking that he wasn't showing up for me uh, and my emotions, a couple of things are going on. Um, I was expecting him to read my mind and I wasn't necessarily showing him in a very straightforward way, my feelings and needs in a, I'm sad, I need a hug. Like that simple. And he loves he loves to come to my rescue and he would, if I say I'm sad and I need a hug, he's going to drop everything and give me a hug. But he's not going to necessarily see that if I don't say it the way a girl would. <laughs> and girls will see that, but guys don't necessarily see that. So I think that in the past, I was very averse like I think as humans, we are averse to vulnerability unless we make a conscious choice to walk toward that feeling that our brain and our body and like every survival instinct that we have is telling us to run away from. Um, and to expose that to someone that maybe has hurt you in the past when you expressed emotions is it's not for the faint of heart. Like it's for someone who is actively trying to change her relationship for the better and is willing to take some risks to do so because it actually is a risk. That's the definition of vulnerability as well. It's like it's a, you're purposely taking a risk. Like it's, it's a risk to say, I'm sad and I need a hug. That's simply because like, what if he walks away or says no? And you're just going to be like a crying heap on the floor. And so that is, you know, <laughs> that is a possibility. Um, and you, you can't control that. Like, there's no way that I can sit here and tell you exactly how your husband's going to respond. I can just tell you how husbands usually respond. And they usually will give you a hug if you say that with real vulnerability. Um, so, you know, I am daring you. <laughs> to express your feelings simply in this way um just and after having also like restoring respect um and i believe that you will see that different protective 
side of your husband. Most men are absolutely irresistibly drawn to vulnerability. Um, and it will be a side of him that will come forward and just like wrap you in his arms. And he might be extremely attracted to you in that moment as well, because that's, that's like, men just love vulnerability. Um, still, sometimes you don't want to be restricted to like, tell me your feelings in three words and say like as few words as possible after restoring respect, which maybe, you know, you're like, well, I thought I already did that and he's not responding this way. And, um, but maybe there's room to improve kind of thoughts. Um, I don't know if that's what you're feeling, (laughs) but, um, in, so, and like, but as girls, like we want to, you know, fully unload and like unpack our basket and get some empathy and like someone who will hold space for us without like trying to fix us. And, um, someone who will say like, same, oh my gosh, same. And as women, we totally need that. And that's what girls are for, right? That's what our girlfriends are for. So sometimes we're just not gonna like get what we need from a guy. (laughs) It's not a superpower. And um, that's really like something that I love about my life now that I've really had to work at is to like be surrounded by women that I feel safe to express my um, myself too. And, um, just to like, feel that yummy community of women around me where I can go to them when I just really need to like fully unpack my basket and like talk it out and like hear that like same and feel that space holding. Um, and you will see even like Christian resources that will encourage men to be more like that, like to be that empathetic listener not trying to fix anything, just holding space. Um, And I actually find that a little bit sad and I'll tell you why. Um, Or here's what I'll say. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. um, If that's your jam, like I, that's what I really want to say. It's completely, there's absolutely no judgment here. If that's your jam, if that's your husband's jam and you guys are loving that, go for it but that is never going to happen in my house. Like that's not the way my husband's like, um, he's remember he's from Northern Maine with the tough farmers. Like, um, and so I've, but I've come to actually be grateful for that because I believe that's not how God designed us as men and women. Like we each have a superpower. Mine is holding space and empathy and listening. And his is fixing things and being my hero and saving the day. And so if I tell him more words than I'm sad and I need a hug, he's gonna try to fix it and save the day. And that's a good thing. So like, I talk to him all the time about things that I want to be fixed. Like, I, you know, had this parenting problem today. Like, what do you think? Like, I have this decision to make in my business. What do you think? Um, And like, things like that. And so, um, I, I absolutely like love that about him at this point. Um, and those of you who've been around me know that that's, I've, I've talked about that before. So, um, yeah, I talk to him all the time about my problems when I want a solution. 
But if I don't want a solution and I just want empathy and validation, I talk to a girl. Um, with girls, I feel like they can read my mind. They know just what to do. My husband definitely cannot read my mind. Um, he needs it spelled out. I'm so sad. I need help. Um, and then he's happy to save the day and provide that hug when I say it like that. Um, another story I wanted to tell is a misunderstanding, um, that we had, and this is a, like a trigger warning for anyone who's triggered by a miscarriage. Um, so like when we've had a couple of miscarriages and when we had a miscarriage, like our first one or I think they were both before I found the skills, yeah. Um, so um, after we had our miscarriage, like he, he just started spending a ton of time alone in our room. And I'm ashamed to say, I didn't even notice the connection between that and the miscarriage. I just thought he wasn't paying any attention to me. And I was actually like badgering him about why he wasn't paying attention to me. And he was just kind of going through the motions of life for weeks. Um, like even one day when we took my son fishing, um, and like when we got back in the car, I was like, what's wrong with you? Like, you're just like going through the motions. Like you've been hiding for weeks. Like, and he turned to me like angrily and he was like, I've been sad about the miscarriage this whole time. And then he didn't say another thing to me about, about it, even though I tried to get him to talk to me about it more. The reason that he didn't do that was because I was just really, as you can hear, hopefully in my story, like I was not a safe place for his emotions. I just didn't, I didn't giving him like the space and grace to have his emotions his way. Um, and there just wasn't the emotional safety in our relationship that respect brings. Now let's circle back for a minute to what I said about him being like this from this like strong silent culture in Northern Maine. Um, and I used to, like I said, I used to have a belief that it meant that we can connect in this area. And I believe that that belief itself could have kept us imprisoned there in that place. Like if I had continued to believe that about him, that literally could still be our reality. <laughs> um, like that's the power of like my belief about him as his wife. It's very powerful, <clears throat> but that's not what I believe about him today. And that's incredibly important because I've seen again and again that like what a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So like my, my thoughts are very powerful and that like life and death is in the power of the tongue. And it's also in the power of our thoughts. Like what I'm focusing on will increase. So now I focus on, I, I just don't think of him that way. I, I see, so here's evidence that I have, that that's not the way he is, is that when we had to rehome our dog, he shed more tears about it than anyone else in the family. And when we, our cat got run over by a car, he also 
been more tears of Ivan and his family. Um, and like he actually feels very deeply. He just has his own way of um, dealing with emotions, of like meeting me and my emotions. And it's like, I think that the first step that I would encourage you on is to radically accept your husband's way of dealing with your emotions and his emotions as a starting point. Like radical acceptance is a very good place to start because unless you actually know what the circumstance is and like have accepted it, then you're just fighting against reality. And you're basically like putting yourself between you're putting yourself on a railroad track when you fight against reality. Like the starting point is to accept reality. And then once you've accepted reality, you can decide what to do with reality. <laughs> and for me, like I, once I actually have come to purpose, intentionally counteract the fact that like research shows that 80% of our thoughts are negative, so I'm purposely counteracting that by focusing on what I do want to see and that, um, but it's really, all that makes it sound like a lot more effort than it actually is because once the respect is restored, like I said, that emotional safety bubble just becomes to kind of glow and that there is actually like a feeling of emotional safety on both sides that just kind of takes care of all of this. Um, and so that's really the, it really is that simple in many ways in my experience. Um, although it can take a while to stabilize, which is why like, for example, my paid program is six months long because even though like a lot of women experience a lot of change quickly, there's um, still takes, like what I want women to have six months of the program to stabilize the changes and to um, like for, like I was saying, like their husband to start to believe that this is actually real <laughs> and for, um, also because life happens in six months. So in, we can see you through the six month period. I mean, when I say we, the women who are in the community with me who are really, everyone that is in the community is just as important as I am in terms of like making the community what it is. Um, but then you're also having private calls with me throughout that time which is very, like when I have a private client, I'm very specifically tracking where they are with all these things. And so if there's something that's not working, we're able to solve for that and stick with that over 20 calls. There's 26 weeks and six months. So it's just about every week. And then meanwhile, you have two group calls a week and you have unlimited written support in the Facebook group. So it's really designed, the reason I designed the program to be six months long, I did that because I wanted a program that would actually get people results, even like 
kind of no matter what. Like I wanted to design a program that would get people results no matter what. So that's basically like buying an amazing marriage off the shelf. <laughs> um, like I wanted to be able to like guarantee that you would get amazing marriage. And so I like really thought about how I could personally guarantee that. And that's how I designed my program. And then for people who are not ready for that, we're going to have a um, workshop starting on January 7th, which is a Sunday and running for eight Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, it's the Empowered Wife Workshop, which is based on the same content that is in the book, The Empowered Wife. Um, but I, so it's teaching on all six intimacy skills. And then the thing that's so awesome about the workshop is I bring my own personal stories and scripture and we um, are going to have a Facebook group that's just for the people in the workshop and a workbook that I'm making about scripture. So um, it's a really awesome opportunity. It's only $87 through the rest of the new, if you sign up before January 1st, and then the price is going to go up to $97. It's a really incredible value for what you get. Did you know that as a therapist, I worked with children and just saw again and again how impactful family conflict and divorce is on children, as well as that being my experience with my own teenagers. I started Easy Biblical Marriage in order to break that cycle. And you can join me on that mission by just heading over to Apple Podcasts and writing a review. It's very impactful because it will help other people find this work when they most need it. So I really appreciate you taking a moment out of your day to do that. If you send me a screenshot of the review, I'll send you a free gift. So it's also really easy to find me on social media. You can look me up at Lucy Martin on Facebook and the Facebook group, Easy Biblical Marriage on Facebook. You can also look me up at Easy Biblical Marriage on Instagram, and I'd love to hear your takeaways from this episode.